Good morning after. It is Kale and Company Live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. A delight to have you with us in the hours after Super Bowl 58. Kale and Company presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental with individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental Covers Me. Well, did you stay up for the whole thing last night? It was the longest Super Bowl game in history. They nearly, nearly played five quarters of football. They went into overtime for only the, the second time in the history of the game. It was Super Bowl 58, so uh, only the second time they went into overtime. The first time was the Patriots' uh, memorable comeback win over Atlanta. Remember that one when they were down 28-3 to at the half? Came back to win. That game went into overtime. But this one uh, nearly took five quarters to decide. And it all ended when a three-time Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes hit McCole Hardman with a three-yard touchdown pass with three seconds left in overtime. Well, if they hadn't scored, they they would have gone to a second uh, overtime, but uh, the Chiefs uh, pulled it out as the uh, time on the clock uh, nearly expired in that first overtime. It was a a very, very good game. Lots of of things to talk about during that game, including a sideline confrontation between... Travis Kelsey and Chiefs head coach Andy Reid wasn't the first time uh, they've had a confrontation, but this uh, this was all as a, as a result of uh, a Pacheco fumble in in the first half, and uh, Travis Kelsey was upset that uh, Reid took him out for a play, and he went over and uh, was yelling at Reid, bumped Reid, and uh, it was very childish, very childish on the part of. Travis Kelsey, and uh, I guess they kissed and made up uh, after the game. Not literally, uh, figuratively speaking. I don't think uh, Travis and, and Andy kiss on a regular basis. We, we do know who uh, Travis does kiss on a regular basis, and uh, Taylor Swift was there, and uh, she made it in plenty of time. I mean, I saw shots of her like, you know, at least an hour before the kickoff. They were showing her in the box. So she made a quick flight on her private jet from Tokyo. It's okay if, you know, if Taylor Swift uses her her, her private jet to get from Tokyo to, to Las Vegas. But uh, others, not so much. But if Taylor Swift uses her private jet, it's okay. And it's blessed, certainly, by Roger Goodell, the uh, NFL commissioner who was up in the box with uh, Taylor Swift like an hour, hour and a half before the game, uh, saying hello to Taylor and her entourage, the people she usually has with her. And every single time that uh, Travis Kelsey made a catch yesterday or, or did something, uh, they, they show Taylor, except, except after he went after his coach, Andy Reid. I was looking for a reaction shot then. But none was forthcoming after the Reed-Kelsey 
confrontation on the sidelines, which was totally, totally started by Travis Kelsey. Andy Reid was just standing there. He was caught completely off guard by Travis Kelsey. If you go online, you'll you'll see pictures of it. It's it, it, it did not cover Travis Kelsey with very much glory. It, it was uh, you know like a spoiled child, you know, kicking uh, you know kicking something or slamming something to the ground when he couldn't stay up an extra half hour to, to watch something or play a video game. But uh, at any rate, Chiefs won it. In overtime, 25-22, to 22, and they have now won back-to-back Super Bowls. First time it's happened since the New England Patriots did it back in their glory days of uh, 2004 and uh, 2005. So uh, congratulations to the Chiefs. I wasn't rooting for them. I was kind of ambivalent, really. And... Uh, so, at any rate, the Kansas City Chiefs, back-to-back Super Bowl champs. Uh, San Francisco will be back. I'm sure they will. And uh, I'm sure Kansas City will be certainly a prime contender for the Super Bowl again in the, 20, in the 2024 season. Longest Super Bowl game ever. And, you know, that, that was historic. And then you also had the two... Longest field goals in Super Bowl history in the same game. Uh, Jake Moody of the 49ers broke the old record of 54 yards with a 55-yard field goal in the second quarter. And then in the third quarter, the Chiefs' Harrison Butker kicked one from 57 yards out to establish a new Super Bowl record. So going into Super Bowl 58, 57 Super Bowls in the books. The longest field goal was 54 yards. Yesterday, they had a 55 and a 57. How about that, sports fans? It was an entertaining game. It it was. A halftime show? Eh. (laughs) We did find out, though, that Usher could roller skate. And that, that was probably the highlight of the halftime show for me, was seeing uh, the roller skating. But uh, Alicia Keys was out there. Uh, she was a highlight. She, it was good to see uh, Alicia Keys on the keyboard and then, uh, and then uh, dancing a little bit and singing with uh, Usher. And uh, Little John was out there. For those of you who are into that, I'm really not. He, I had to be, uh, <laughs> I had to find out who that was. Uh, Little John and Ludacris and Will I Am, all out there uh, with uh, with Usher. So that was the halftime show. Uh, it was it was okay. I guess some people loved it, some people despised it. Yeah, I thought it was yeah, it was okay, just okay. Commercials. Ah, uh, there were a few I thought decent. Two of the the three that I thought were were good. Featured Tom Brady. Uh, there was one for Dunkin' Donuts. Ben Affleck, who has done Dunkin', Dunkin' commercials in the past. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Tom Brady, part of a band at a Dunkin' Donuts location, auditioning for J-Lo. 
Jennifer Lopez, also in that same commercial for Dunks. How about that, huh? They spare no expense. That's why their coffee and donuts are so expensive. They have to pay Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Tom Brady, and J-Lo. I don't think they get paid in donuts and coffee. But it was a good commercial. It was. And uh, Affleck and Damon were walking out, and and J-Lo said, Tom, you can stay. It was a good commercial. Worth a look. I'm sure you can find that on the uh, on the internet as well. And uh, Brady and Wayne Gretzky, two of the goats. Hey, Brady, greatest of all time in football. Gretzky, greatest of all time. Some people say in hockey, in a, a bet MGM commercial where an MGM executive says to Tom Brady, "MGM is for everyone except you, Tom." You've won enough already. <laughs> great. A great premise. It really, really was. And then there was another one for a State Farm, and it featured Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. You'll have to look it up online. So I, I thought there were at least three decent commercials uh, during the course of, of the Super Bowl. But uh, all in all, uh, an entertaining uh, evening, and you know, people a uh, lot of lot of debate. People saying uh, ah, that should be a national holiday. Uh, should be a national holiday after the Super Bowl. Well, you know, there's two ways it can be fixed. Two ways it can be fixed, and we'll talk about those after this break. I don't want to go into it right now. We'll be joined by our good friend John Leahy after this break. We'll talk Hockey East. We'll talk about the Super Bowl right here. WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. It is Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL. And we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We're presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And happy to have back on the airwaves with us on this Monday morning, despite the fact that the Super Bowl got over late last night. John Leahy is with us. John, good morning to you. Tim, good morning. Happy Monday to you. Well, you sound bright and chipper this morning, John. That's, that's good to hear. <laughs> You're yeah, always, I, I think we were all up late last night. Yes, uh, yes, we were. Yes, we were witnessing the longest Super Bowl game ever. But it yeah, was it was worth it. It was a very uh, very entertaining game. It uh, it was, and uh, we talked uh, briefly uh, off the air, or texted off the air, and uh, it was a very historic game as well. Yeah, it sure was. Second uh, Super Bowl ever to go into overtime. Of course, we all know what the first one was, right? Yes, we do. The uh, uh, Bats and the Falcons, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and but, uh, yeah it really, uh, you know, not so entertaining at the beginning, but uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, cementing his place as one of the greatest of all time. And, uh, you know, San Francisco, another tough loss. Niners have come to the edge of the 
of the promised land several times. It just haven't been able to get over the hump. But, uh, yeah, we were treated to a great one last night. Really, it was. It was one of the classic uh, Super Bowls uh, of all time out of the uh, the 58. That's going to rank uh, right up there uh, as one of the best of all time. And, you know, it's funny, John. I mean, entering the game last night in the 57 previous Super Bowls, uh, there had not been a field goal made of over 54 yards. That was the record, 54 yards. And last night we had a 50-yard, a 55-yard field goal and then a 57-yard field goal. How about that? Yeah, yeah, that was something. Yeah. You know, it's amazing we haven't seen those long field goals in the past, but uh must have been something uh, in the air out there in Vegas. Oh, well, you, you never know what's in the air in Vegas, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Did you see the, the commercial, the the Dunks commercial uh, with uh, Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon and, and Tom Brady and J-Lo? Did you see that yeah, one? Yeah, no, I... I did. I thought it was great. Yeah. Very well done. I, I thought that that was probably the best commercial of the night, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, they they did a great job. And so they have the new uh, Dun Kings. That was the group. You know, they were they were uh, the Dun Kings, and they were like auditioning for J Lo. That was the premise of it. And uh, the the Dun Kings is out this morning as an actual. A drink, uh, an iced coffee drink. Maybe you can get it hot, too. I'm not sure. But uh, the world-famous uh, Kitty Ray sent me a picture of what the ingredients are on the Dung King's coffee. Uh, it's an iced coffee with uh, uh, two French vanilla swirls, uh, two vanilla shots, two cream, one something... And one cinnamon sugar. Well, I can't. Oh. I don't know what the other thing is. It's one CLD FM. Does anybody have any idea? Do you know what that is, Andrew? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, that's that's a new iced coffee. I don't know for how long it's uh, it's going to last, or it's just today. I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm uh, not sure. Yeah, <laughs> it says one cold FM. One cold uh, FM. I, we're yeah. a warm FM here at WKX. Yeah. This says this says one cold. FM. I'm not sure what that means, but yeah, I don't know. At any rate, and then the other one, uh, John, the uh, commercial with uh, Tom Brady for a Bet MGM, and Wayne Gretzky was in uh, when that in that one. So, uh, I, all in all, it was an entertaining night. How, what, what did you think about the halftime show, John? Uh, you know, I, I don't know a whole lot of Usher stuff, but uh, you know, I thought he was entertaining. I thought the halftime show was probably middle of the road. I don't think it was the greatest halftime show. I don't think it was the worst halftime show. But, uh, you know, I thought he did a decent job. And, uh, you know, rarely do you have a halftime show that, that's really a stinker. I mean, uh, but but I thought he was okay. I, I would call him, uh, you know, maybe a middle of the road. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I feel pretty much the same way. We found out he can roller skate anyway. That That's one of the things we, <laughs> we found out about Usher last night. You know, John, there's a lot of talk. I, every time the Super Bowl comes around, every February, people say, you know, there should be a national holiday after the Super Bowl so people can recuperate from all the Super Bowl parties and staying up late and all that stuff. But I, I think there's there's a couple of easy fixes. Let me see what you think about this, John. I think there's a couple of easy fixes to this dilemma that some people have. All right, I'm all in. All right. One thing is you could actually play it on a Saturday 
and then people would have Sunday to recover. Okay. That's one. And I know, you know, the NFL is traditionally a Sunday league, but now, you know, all bets are off. I mean, there are Thursday night games. There's going to be a Friday night game next year. There's, There's Saturday games. There's Monday games. I know. So, you know, I don't think Saturday is too, you know, out of the realm of possibility. The other one is just move the schedule back a week or and and you could play on the Sunday before President's Day. Oh, yeah. You know, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like like, if they played it like, uh, you know, like next Sunday, the 18th, the 19th is President's Day and most people would be off. Well, Ken, if the NFL is going to go over to Netflix, they're capable of doing anything. That's know? right. That is very, but, uh, very true. Very true. Whoever thought you'd see the NFL on Netflix, right? But yeah, it's going to exactly. happen. It's going to yeah. happen. And... Well, actually, I was confusing that with the WWE. Actually, the WWE is going over to Netflix. Oh. There's no, there's no plans for the NFL to do it yet. But yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Right. It'll happen. It'll right. happen. So right. uh, the WWE is definitely going to Netflix, huh? Yeah, they just signed signed a billion dollar deal. Wow! So they're uh, they're they're getting ready to make the move. I think they're going to go off uh, network TV and and head on over to uh, Netflix. So wow, boy, oh boy, they're I changing. Mean, the times are changing. They they, sure. they are they are, and I guess more people are are cutting the cord these days. Just don't cut the radio cord. That's all I ask. Don't cut the radio cord. <laughs> We're still free, folks. We're free. You know, yeah, I've been saying. I've been saying that for years, Ken. Uh, We have to keep radio alive at all costs. And and you now, John Leahy, you have an internet uh, radio station that that you operate. And and it's all free, folks. It's free. Yes, it is. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, uh, you know, where can you get this kind of entertainment for free other than radio, which is still... Uh, despite what some people say, a very viable medium for uh, many, many things, including uh, shows like these. And uh, some people say, well, you get what you pay for, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the the problem, Ken, is that we've we've really transitioned into a a video-type world with all the streaming options that are out there. Uh, You know, we've seen it at Hockey East as well with the new deal that was signed with ESPN+. Plus. right. All the games are now, you can watch them. You know, granted, you've got to pay a fee yep. to watch these games, but people are consuming games differently now. Yep. And, no, it's uh, true. you know, radio, radio is kind of taking a back seat a little bit. So I, I believe there's still a big market for it. And people ride around in their cars. They still want things to listen to. And uh, it's always been my hope that radio will stick around, and I certainly hope it does. Oh, it will. It will. I, I have no doubt that it will. It's still a uh, very uh, useful medium. It's, a, you know, one of immediacy. You can get the word out quickly uh, on, on radio, and you can have conversations uh, like this on the radio that you can't have anywhere else. And uh, now radio will always have a, have a place. There, there's no, no doubt about it, John. Uh, John, I know you had a, a great, you must have had a great time. Uh, with your lovely wife, Laurieann, uh, last Monday at the Bean Pot because you saw two very exciting games. Yeah, we liked it so much. We're going back tonight. I don't, the, I don't blame you. I don't blame yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, they, they were two great games, and uh, I want to congratulate BU and Northeastern for, for making it to the uh, Bean Pot final. 
The DUBC game was everything that we thought it would be. Uh, two number one teams battling it out. And uh, BU hangs on for the 4-3 to three victory. BC made it interesting in the end, but uh, the Terriers got some revenge for being swept by BC a few weeks ago. And, you know, uh, I said before this tournament started, watch out for Northeastern. They're one of the hottest teams in the country. And uh, the Huskies got it done with a win over Harvard, and uh, they advanced to the championship game tonight. So, again, the Garden will be rocking, Ken, as uh, Northeastern and BU play at 734. All the beans. Tonight in yeah, there, there you go. We'll be rocking in uh, Northeastern. The Huskies are certainly no stranger to the Beanpot Final. No, uh, Huskies have had a great run of success as Beanpot champions, and uh, they're going to have their hands full with this BU team. Uh, Terriers are loaded. They smacked Merrimack Friday oh, night. Oh, boy. Yeah. So uh, they are ready to go. It should be a terrific Beanpot Final. Can you, can you stay with us for a few minutes, John? I can. All right. John Leahy. Our Hockey East guru will talk a little football this morning uh, because yeah, the Super Bowl was played yesterday. We kind of have to. And then we'll talk more hockey coming up after these words. It is Kale and Company Live here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. We are presented by our good friends at Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We uh, heard Joe Montana during our last uh, commercial break. Joe was at the Super Bowl yesterday, and John Leahy, Joe Montana, left uh, disappointed, I would have to think. <laughs> yeah, that, I referred to that game as the Joe Montana Bowl. That's As, very true. Yes, you know, very Joe, true. Joe played for both of those franchises. So, uh, of course, his, uh, he left his mark, I guess, mostly on San Francisco, with San Francisco. But, uh, hey, we was treated to a great game. It, yeah, it, it was. And uh, how, how could Joe lose in that one, right? I mean, Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. right. But I, I think most people, though, uh, think of him as a, as a 49er. I, I really do. I think that's yeah. where, certainly where he had his, his most success. Uh, that's for sure. Speaking uh, of, of success, as you mentioned, uh, BU successful uh, against Merrimack on Friday night in Hockey East. And um, Boston College unfortunately, was uh, successful uh, against uh, UNH on Friday night. Yeah, Boston College with a uh, 6-1 to victory over the Wildcats at uh, Conti Forum. So, uh, BC uh, kind of righted the ship on Friday night. We saw UNH on Saturday night up at Merrimack as well. Yep. Uh, Warriors won that game by a score of 3-1, to one, a, a badly needed win for Merrimack as the Warriors had dropped seven straight games. So, uh the, the really the issue with Merrimack now is the amount of injuries they have. I mean, they've got seven oh. key players uh, on the shelf, and oh, they dressed five defensemen for the game, Ken, on uh, Saturday night, also Friday night as well. So, wow, uh, it, you know, it, it may be that way going forward for the Warriors. But yeah, tough weekend for the Wildcats, unfortunately, and they will be having the uh, border war this weekend when the Maine Black Bears come to the Whittemore Center for two games. And I know the UNH. 
uh, community really looking forward to oh, yeah. the big border war. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt about that. That is a bitter rivalry between the Black Bears and, and the Wildcats. No doubt about it. But uh, the Wildcats looking to uh, uh, snap back after uh, losing two uh, over the weekend, uh, as you mentioned, uh, first on uh, Friday night, uh, losing uh, to Boston College, and then Saturday night, uh, losing to uh, your Merrimack Warriors, John Leahy, by a score of 3-1. to one. And uh, and UConn had a, a tough weekend as well. Yeah, the Huskies uh, dropped both of their games. Uh, UConn, uh, right, now, right now in the middle of the pack, and uh, UConn will have the weekend off this weekend, so they'll have a chance to watch the league beat up on each other. As <laughs> we've seen a lot of splits uh, recently. Last week, uh, BU and uh, UMass had perfect weeks on the men's side, both uh, winning uh, two games. And so uh, the league continues to be as ultra-competitive, as competitive as ever. And, uh, again, we're going to see some, some great action this weekend. The, really, the the... the Great series last week in the men's side was Providence playing Maine, two one-goal games. And Providence handed Maine their first home loss of the season Saturday night. The Friars won it in overtime, 23 seconds in on a goal by Guillaume Richard. So uh, two outstanding teams butting heads uh, up in Orono last weekend, and it certainly was fun to watch. Wow. Yeah, yeah it had to be. And uh, not only did uh, the UNH men uh, face off against uh, Merrimack this past weekend, but the the women from UNH and Merrimack had a couple of games as well. Yep, Friday night uh, UNH and Merrimack played uh, at Lawler Arena. UNH won that game three to two, and then Merrimack bounced back with a two to one overtime win on Saturday. Friday was interesting because the Wildcats arrived late uh, to Merrimack due to an ammonia leak. At yeah, the yeah, yeah. I heard about so, that. Yeah. So, so what uh, happened? Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of details about uh, what happened, but, uh, you know, there was a safety concern, a structural issue at the Whittemore Center, an ammonia leak, and that kind of pushed uh, UNH's departure time back. Unfortunately, we were only delayed by half an hour, so uh, it was good to see that they got the problem rectified quickly as uh, the game on Saturday was played at the Whittemore Center. So, yep. uh, fortunately, uh, there were no... Uh, issues uh, beyond uh, fixing that problem. Very good. And uh, so they, they, they split those games. I know uh, uh, Merrimack uh, uh, lost uh, on Friday and uh, won on Saturday. So uh, they, they split. Yeah, they did. Maria Lindbergh scored the uh, winning goal for Merrimack. She's really been on a tear lately, the freshman from Sweden. Uh, so the standings continue to look very interesting. You've got uh, UConn leading both Northeastern and BC by seven points. And uh, the middle three are UNH, Providence, and Vermont, uh, pretty closely tied in. And then you've got BU, Merrimack, and Maine, uh, followed by uh, Holy Cross uh, bringing up the rear. So we're down to the final two weekends of the women's season, Ken. And, uh, before you know it, the playoffs will be upon us. And a win and a tie for Trinity High School graduate uh, Dave Flint and his uh, Northeastern Huskies, as I know they uh, tied with UConn on uh, Friday and uh, shut out Maine on Saturday. Yeah, uh, well, they're, they're just playing so well. And uh, isn't it customary for Northeastern women's hockey to uh, play their best hockey in the second half? And uh, Northeastern is undefeated in their last 10 games. They're 8-0-2. And uh, they've got a big weekend coming up with Boston College. 
And uh, that is the team that Northeastern is tied with. Yeah. Second place, uh, seven points behind UConn. So that's going to be a terrific uh, weekend of hockey. And uh, the UNH women's Wildcats will take on the Holy Cross Crusaders this weekend. They'll be in Worcester on Friday. And then the return matchup will be Saturday at the Whittemore Center. And uh, I know you have the, the big uh, confrontation tonight, uh, the Beanpot Final at the TD Garden, and it should be a great hockey game with Northeastern and uh, BU going at it, and uh, you and your wife will, will be there enjoying it. What else is on the John Leahy agenda uh, hockey-wise for this week? Well, uh, Merrimack's men's team, Ken, will be up in Burlington, Vermont this coming weekend, uh, so the men will go up there. I will have two women's games uh, this weekend, Friday night, Merrim- Friday afternoon, I should say. Merrimack will host UConn, and then Saturday afternoon, the Warriors will host Boston University. So Brock Hines and I will have the call on ESPN Plus for both of those hockey games. Outstanding. Well, the ever-busy John Leahy will take a little break from his schedule on uh, April 3rd and appear at the Bank of New Hampshire stage in downtown Concord for another uh, open mic night. And, uh, John, we look forward to that. Yes, Ken. It's going to be a terrific time. Uh, I had a wonderful time playing there the last time I was there. Uh, you feel like you're at the Grand Old Opry playing. You know, you, you, I can imagine that it is. I mean, I have never performed on stage. I've been on stage there and looked out uh, to the audience, but uh, it must be great for a performer because it is a, uh, a terrific venue. So I think I think you found a, a new home here in the, in the Capital Region, John. Yeah, no, I love it. Uh, you know, anytime you can look up into a balcony and uh, play music, you know, it's it's a lot of fun, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's a little bit of a, of a trip for me to get up there. But you know, once I'm there, I, I truly enjoy it. And uh, April third can't come fast enough. No, well, that's that is so true, John. Thanks so much as always, and uh, thanks for spending some extra time with us uh, today to uh, chat a little bit about Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Ken, I always appreciate the opportunity to have a chance to talk to you. Uh, thanks again, and uh, have a great week. John, you as well. Thanks. There's John Leahy, ladies and gentlemen, a published author, musician, hockey broadcaster. He he does it all. He is a true uh, renaissance man and always uh, great to have him on uh, Kale & Company every Monday uh, talking primarily about Hockey East, but sometimes we'll we'll deviate and and talk about other things like the Super Bowl. But, But what do you think? I mean, what would you? I think everybody would still watch the Super Bowl if it was on a Saturday. Why not? Maybe even more. Maybe even more people would watch on a Saturday. Who knows? I know TV's biggest night has always been Sunday. I mean, you know, you go back to the wonderful world of Disney in the infancy of color TV. Uh, you know, a Sunday was always the biggest night. 60 Minutes dominated for so many years uh, in, in the ratings on Sunday night. Uh, and Bonanza, uh, those, those are three of the Sunday night shows I, I can think of off the top of my head. They're Ed Sullivan, Ed Sullivan was Mr. Sunday Night. But I bet, I would bet you that as many people, if not more, would watch a Super Bowl on a Saturday than a Sunday. I think they should give it a shot. I think they should give it a shot.
Why not? Everybody says, oh, make it a national holiday. We have enough national holidays. People don't work enough anyway. I'll take a break. Kale and Company continues right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are sponsored by Northeast Delta Dental, and we will be right back. Welcome back. Kale and Company Live, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, where radio lives on three great signals, 1450 on the AM dial, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, and 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond. You know, we've talked 45 minutes or so about the Super Bowl and uh, a couple of other things along the way. But we have yet to mention the biggest surprise of Super Bowl 58. Not that it was the longest Super Bowl ever. Not that you saw two record-breaking field goals in the same game. Not that there was a confrontation between Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. None of that. Everything, all of those things paled in comparison to seeing a commercial for the candidacy of Robert Kennedy Jr. (laughs) Where did that come from? Where did that come from? I mean, he he did nothing. I mean, uh, made no uh, noise in the New Hampshire primary whatsoever. And I, I, I don't think he's doing much in South Carolina, Nevada, you name it. Some of the earlier primary states. But a super PAC aligned with independent presidential candidate Robert Kennedy Jr. dropped a surprise commercial during the Super Bowl on Sunday, eliciting mixed reactions from viewers. This according to uh, uh, an article on the Fox website. American Values 2024 ran the 32nd ad, which cost... American Values 2024, seven million dollars. That's what they were charging for thirty seconds of Super Bowl time. Seven million dollars. Well, you know, American Values. I'm sure some Kennedy money went into it as well, uh, and they they have plenty of it, as you know. Clip is a throwback to an ad used by his uncle. I mean, it looked like an old political ad with a jingle, a Kennedy jingle. I've been saying for years, politicians would be much better off if they just used jingles. Forget the issues. People remember jingles. They don't remember the issues. They remember jingles. And they used the old JFK jingle from 1960. It was a throwback ad. And instead, the, the ad replaced JFK's face with the face of RFK Jr., imploring viewers to vote Independent. According to uh, American Values 2024 co-founder Tony Lyons, he said, and I quote, the panicked D.C. power brokers 
are working overtime to keep Kennedy off the ballot because they know he can and will end their culture of greed and corruption. End quote. He goes on to say, they offer us soaring inflation, forever wars, and chronic disease. RFK Jr. offers us real change along with freedom, trust, and hope. Like his uncle and his father, Kennedy is a corruption fighter. And it's no wonder the DNC is trying every old trick and inventing new tricks to stop him. The public sees through it all and won't stand for it. End quote. Google Trends, by the way, showed searches for RFK Jr. skyrocketing after the ad aired on the Super Bowl. Uh, the ad uh, elicited mixed reactions. One X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, user implored Robert not to give us this during the halftime, to which someone responded, this commercial is better than the halftime performance. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> the commercial stood out more to me than the halftime performance as well. Another X user what a stupid name, huh? X? Who came up with that? Twitter was much better. Another X user wrote, they were struggling to process how this makes me feel in awe of who we used to be as a country and as a people, while also feeling sick at who we have become and how far we have strayed. Yeah, we don't have uh, presidential jingles anymore. That, that's the memory it brought back to me. I've been saying that for years. If, if a presidential candidate had a great jingle, they'd have a much better chance of winning. I don't care what their issues are on anything. I mean, I do care about it, but you don't really remember it that much. Uh, but you do remember jingles. I mean, I remember jingles from back when I was like five years old. You know, Winston tastes good like a cigarette should. I mean, it's forever etched in my mind, and along with many others, too. The DNC uh, filed a complaint with the Federal Elections Commission alleging that Kennedy's campaign received $15 million worth of unlawful in-kind contributions from the Super PAC to help him secure ballot access as an independent candidate in several states. Uh, here's a quote here from Mary Beth Cahill, don't confuse her with me, saying in a statement, and I quote, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s campaign is flouting campaign finance law by outsourcing a critical campaign function, the collection of signatures required to appear on the ballot to an outside super PAC that is funded by Donald Trump's top donor this cycle. This scheme between American Values 2024 and Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s campaign requires significant and plainly illegal coordination to the tune of $15 million 
in in-kind contributions, says a disgruntled DNC senior advisor, Mary Beth Cahill. The Kennedy campaign spokesperson told Fox the allegations were a non-issue being raised by a partisan political entity that seems to be increasingly concerned with its own candidate and viability, end quote, as well they should be. I threw that in. Uh, Kennedy initially sought to challenge uh, Joe Biden for the uh, 2024 Democratic presidential primary, but the DNC said it would not hold any primary debates and stood behind its incumbent president. So there he declared himself as an independent candidate, did uh, RFK Jr., in October and has seen support in polls from a sizable number of Democrats and even some Republicans. Well, it's going to be interesting, and that certainly took everybody by surprise. That that was probably the surprise. I mean, you knew Usher was going to do the halftime show. You knew he'd bring on his friends. Uh you, you knew that Tom Brady was going to be at least in one commercial. You knew, uh, you know, the 49ers were playing uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. But you'd never, never even, never entered anybody's mind that around halftime, you would see the emergence of an old JFK commercial with the face of RFK Jr. instead of JFK. Basically the same commercial. That JFK ran in 1960. I remember it. I'm that old. I remembered it. And it was a jingle. People are going to remember the jingle. I'm sure they'll use the ad again. Uh, You know, they've had it on the Super Bowl. They might as well use it. And I'm sure they will. So that was interesting. $7 million is what it costs for a a 30-second slice of... uh, a commercial time on Super Bowl 58. And, uh, you know, I, I would like to see, you know, the, the Super Bowl commercials sell out, no matter what the charge is, no matter what the cost is, they sell out. And, you know, many times, I, I don't know if I'm just stupid, but many times I don't even know what the ads are for. Really. Even when they're all said and done, I'm not sure what, what they're trying to get across. I would like to see the, the bump in the immediate aftermath of the Super Bowl, the next you know few, few days, maybe a couple of weeks, the bump that the folks who do buy commercials on the Super Bowl get from them in the immediate aftermath of a Super Bowl. How worthwhile it is to advertise on the Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't know if any study has ever been made uh, along those lines, but it would be interesting to find out. Lots of interesting things to find out here on Kale and Company. I learn something new every day on this show. Not exactly sure what I learned today, but we will find out tomorrow what tomorrow brings. But we certainly appreciate the fact that you were with us I know you must be sleepy. I know you must be groggy. I know these Super Bowls take a lot out of you. But I'm glad you could join us today uh, nonetheless. Maybe you had to uh, put off your listening time to 7 o'clock tonight because you couldn't possibly get up before 8 after a Super Bowl to do anything. 
Those of you who want to make it a national holiday the day after, that'll do it for this edition of Kale and Company. We thank you very much for listening. And remember, folks, to always look on the bright side of life. And have a great Monday, everyone. <laughs>